That's the way it goes. There it is. Boom, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Ready to rock and roll on another episode of the Business Bros. Hey, man, look, having an attorney, a good attorney on your side can be the the win all be all or you can lose it all if you don't have a good attorney on your side and if you want to know what a good attorney will do to help you out then that's what today's episode is all about let's get this one on the road here we go shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you this show is for those who are willing to take that risk These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! Hi, ladies and gents. On today's episode, we will be sitting down with an aggressive and relentless litigator who has made a name for himself in the legal world with his impressive record of favorable results. Our guest focuses not just on the litigation in front of him, but also the long-term effects that it's going to have on his client's personal and business life. With a unique work ethic, diverse background, and courtroom skills, he combines a comprehensive approach of a large firm with a low-cost model of a boutique firm. So join us as we delve into his story of a lawyer who truly cares for his clients and is dedicated to continual improvement. With no further ado, let's welcome to the show Mr. Galen M. Hey! Just like that, my friend, we can get the party started. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm 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 excited to have you here, man. Anytime I get to talk to an attorney and it's not on the other side of the uh, of the courtroom, I'm always in a good mood, man. <laughs> so I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, let's let's jump into this thing, dude. Uh, what inspired you to become a litigator? What what what's the like? Why did you start in this field in the first place? Yeah, so I really only got into like property casualty work, which is what I do because of hurricane Katrina at the end of the day, I came down, I volunteered, I kind of saw people get screwed over. Um, and it was a big career shift for me. I was a musician, so there really was no, like the skills didn't exactly translate if that makes sense. So I kind (laughs) of had to go to law school, do all that. But yeah, for me, it was 100% just motivation to help people out after kind of seeing what can go bad. It's a, it's a horrible situation sometimes when you have natural disasters like that. Um, and Unfortunately, I mean, I'm in the insurance space too, not on the litigation side, but there's a lot of times where you have fires, you have floods, you have a lot of these natural disasters and not everybody reads the fine print in some of these insurance policies where some of these carriers are just going to say, sorry, oops, act of God, tough, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So like insurance in the United States is really weird because if you buy a house, you go look at your house, you get it inspected. You buy a car, you test drive it at least, right? Um, Insurance, you buy your policy. And then after you pay for it, they send it to you and you get to read it. Mm. Um, And by then you already bought it. So you usually don't even read it. You just kind of shove it somewhere, throw it away and figure you can get it electronically later. But most people don't read their policies and they didn't even like, they didn't even have an opportunity to read it before they bought it in the first place. So they figure like, why should I read it? Not just that. There's, there's, 
other things involved, right? So not every PNC agent is, is built the same. There's some that are more knowledgeable than others. There are some that are going to give you more of an explanation of what it is you're buying, what coverages you have, what coverages you don't have. People just assume I got insurance, I'm covered. Can you tell me about like a particular case that, that you were working on that you're proud of because maybe it's a situation like that where somebody thought they were covered, something happens and then they find out the hard way. Oh, no coverage here. Yeah. So um, first of all, yeah, you're right. Like the agent, how good the agent is or bad the agent is really, really can make or break you sometimes. And in a lot of states, you can't, sometimes you can't sue the agent, even if they really mess up, unless you've got really, really great proof. So you don't want to kind of play with that. Like I had a case, I'll never forget this case. These people, they were immigrants. They were Haitian immigrants. The wife worked two shifts a day as a nurse. So she worked 16 hour days um, in order to save up money to buy this house. The husband was a taxi driver and sometimes he would work 20 hours at a time um, to save up money. They ca they got this cash together. They bought a house at auction. So the house was like, it was, it was good, but it was like not quite ready to move in. They go to this agency who they were told was like the best in town. They were not the best in town. Um, they said, we just bought this house. Um, and they specifically told them and everyone agrees. They told them, Hey, we're going to move into it in a few weeks, but we want to paint it, fix it up first. And we still have another like month on our lease. So we're going to spend the month getting it ready. She sold them a policy from a carrier that didn't become that, that said that if they didn't occupy the house at the time they purchased the policy, the policy would be invalid. What? So, and they, and they actually went so far as to accuse the insurance, the insureds of lying to them on the application that, you know, they were there. It turned out the agent had filled in some stuff and bought the wrong policy. And, um, you know, we caught them red handed. So it worked out really well because the insurance company actually won the case. And the court ruled that the they had no insurance coverage. They got nothing. But we were lucky because we caught the agent in time and we were in a state where the agent could be held liable. So we went after the agent and got the agent to essentially pay. The house burned down. Someone burned it down on purpose. Like we think the prior seller because it was an auction house. Yeah. Like it was a foreclosure. Um, so we basically were able to get the agent's insurance company to pay out enough to rebuild that house back up you know, from the ground, but man, if that hadn't happened, they would have lost everything. They've been, they've been working their butts off for like nine years to come up with that cash. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's, that's the biggest and probably the largest investment of their life. They're not going to probably make another investment like that hardly ever. And so for it to just burn down like that, we saw a lot of issues, especially, you know, 2006, seven, eight, nine, where people were losing their homes and, there's a lot of uh, feelings that go along with losing your home and you would you would literally come back and you'd have the copper wire gone. You'd have broken windows. You'd have all kinds of stuff cement down the sewer. And, and you as the homeowner, regardless of who does the damage, at the end of the day, the homeowner is responsible and you're hoping these policies are in place to protect you. But that doesn't always work out. So let me ask you, uh, you know, just like every PNC agent is different. What sets you apart from other lawyers that are in this field? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot, I guess, really. Like, at the end of the day, other lawyers in this field kind of come into a few different groups. The first group is lawyers that are not in this field, but they will take your case if you give it to them. That's like no bueno. Um, that's like going and seeing a family medicine doctor for your neuro issue or your cardiac mm -hmm. issue. They might know a little bit. 
they may be able to point you in the right direction, but they're not going to be ideal in terms of like actually fixing your problem. Right. So those are no goes. And that's not, that doesn't just go for my field. Like do not hire a general practitioner for your car accident or your criminal defense case or your family law matter. It doesn't matter what it is. Get someone that knows what they're doing. And then the other group of people like in my field, I think they're a volume shop. They kind of, which just means they handle thousands and thousands of cases. And on the flip side of that, they're like a boutique where they just do a few cases. Hmm. There's problems with both of those. On the volume side, the case doesn't really get any attention because it's like just churn the cases and whichever pays, like that's what we'll focus on. And on the boutique side, if you're not bringing them a multi-million dollar claim, you're not getting any attention. So like what we did that I think makes us unique is we kind of set up both within one firm. So we handle volume. We have the staff to handle volume. I mean, we have a few hundred people out past my door working on these things. But we set it up as like a bunch of little law firms within one law firm. So we have some of the best people in the country that do this work, paying attention to the cases, guiding an entire team, making sure those cases are getting handled. Like I've been to these mills and I've been into their offices and an attorney won't even see the case unless there's a court hearing. Hmm. Every attorney sees, like every attorney that's staffed on a case sees the case, is directing the strategy in the case and is making decisions in the case at our firm, even if it's a tiny case. And I think that makes us really unique because you're getting the representation that you're paying for. And at Mills, that's not the case. But at boutiques, they just won't take some of those cases. Yeah, you'd be SOL essentially in some of those. You you could be right in the middle, not big enough for a boutique and to need too much attention for some of those mills. Where do you go? You're kind of stuck. All right, well, yeah. let me ask you this because, you know, an attorney is going to go to school, get their degree, then they're going to start a law practice or they're going to go work for a firm. Those that go out and start their practice, how do you get to a position where you can have these these teams inside that particular uh, in, inside your whole firm where you have these people that want to work with you what did it take for you to build a firm like that yeah don't be greedy um so <laughs> what i mean that's really what it comes down to right so everything's about money at the end of the day on a business side and i had two choices when we started getting bigger we started growing i could have taken all that money and bought you know a newer house a nicer car whatever I could have gone on tons and tons of really cool vacations and done awesome stuff. And instead I took every dollar that I could have taken out and put it right back in, um, went and found the best people around the country. I'd worked my butt off. So these people knew who I was. I sat them down and said, money's not the issue. You know, I'll make sure you're paid well, but I want you here on my team and here's how we're going to work things. And um, what I got was not only really good lawyers, I got plenty of those, but I got really good lawyers that actually care about the clients um, I, I missed some really good lawyers. I lost those because they weren't as dedicated to like actually serving the client. They just happened to be really good at it. Um, so I lost all those people. But what I have is like this amazing team of super dedicated people that legitimately care about our clients and want to see them succeed. And that has been like, that has been the game changer. It's not a freaking secret. It's not a trade secret. Like anyone can rip me off that way. Like I don't care. But that has been the game changer is building a team of people that are so driven by the company's mission that I don't I mean, I'd put us against any firm in the country. You know, it's funny. Uh, I've, I've met uh, attorneys and there's some that you just 
you know they're in it for the money you know that they're not gonna really care about what it is they're gonna do they might do a good job but they're not really out there i got this bulldog right behind me i got battle Forkerson over here in san diego uh and and one of the things that i love about him is He's always giving back to the community. Anytime there's a toy driving Christmas, he shows up with like boatloads of toys or diapers. And he's always, you know, there's a, I'm going to be interviewing on Valentine's Day, a foundation here in San Diego called All About the Kids. And he constantly funds this, this food bank to, so that they have uh, the capability to feed these families. There's a lot of attorneys that, uh, you know, for me are, are what you're describing here where there, it's not just the caseload, but it's also the involvement in the community itself. How do you, I mean, I'd imagine when you're, when you're talking about your attorneys, they're doing a lot of that too, right? Yeah. So they do some of it individually, like they're on boards, they sit in organizations, like we expect that we encourage that we'll help fund that we'll do whatever we can. You know, if they come to me and they say, look, here's the deal, Galen, like, I love this. I really care about this. This is a thing for me. Like I will support you in it. Right. But we also do our own things. So we have because you can't take housing from people that need it that's like the number one rule in the field that i'm in but we also have to deal with hurricanes and things like that so how do you formulate a presence in an area without taking resources from that area and how do you meaningfully contribute and we're not there to sign up cases our phone will ring we couldn't care less we want to be there to help right so we will actually deploy into a hurricane we have this like contraption um, it's a, basically a big trailer, but it's got eight bedrooms and, um, you know, some AC units and runs on a generator and one bathroom. So it's really fun to share a bathroom with seven other people for, mm. you know, a month after a hurricane when there's nowhere to go. Uh, but we will take a team. We call them like our, our cat team. They will go, they're volunteers only. They all have other work to do. We bring one of those little, like what's the Elon Musk, like Starlink. We bring one of those with us. So everyone's able to work and we bring a big, like wood fired pizza oven. Um, and what we do, and we bring a trailer full of supplies and what we do is just make like crank out hundreds of pizzas a day. Mm. And that way we can feed people that have no food or the restaurants aren't open yet. You know, the power's still out. Um, but this is like a good solid, healthy ish food. You know, it's not the worst food ever. And, you know, we're, it's got all the food groups. We're getting them some veggies, you know, we're getting them some, some carbs, some protein, like, you know, just just kind of keeping them fed. And it's huge for the kids. These kids have been like, they can't find any food they want to eat after disasters. Cause like the mm -hmm. army or the national guard are handing out like MREs and stuff. And like, there's a lot of people barbecuing and stuff and these kids just want a pizza. So like our people will like stop what they're doing for a few weeks and we'll just like crank out pizzas to the community. We're not giving out information about what we do. We're not trying to get people to hire us. Like we just want to see people fed. And, you know, we want to keep our people also working so they're not falling behind on their existing cases. So that's kind of how we have structured like our community involvement is we don't have a community. We have all the communities. So if something happens to you, we consider you to be our community. So we will drop in and we will help for as long as we feasibly can. The Ninja Turtles would be absolutely proud of you, man. Like you're literally, dude, I don't, I've never met anybody who says they don't like pizza. I've met people who say I don't eat pizza, right? Like I'm, I'm on a diet or whatever it is, but everybody loves a slice of pizza, dude. I mean, come on. And you guys are providing that for the community, especially in a time where like, it, it's a struggle for them. And I, I get it. You're not out there, you know, promoting your name, but I 100% believe in karma. 
And the fact that you're out there doing things for the community, that's why you're not worried about your phone ringing off the hook because you're constantly giving back. You're putting so much good karma in the atmosphere. There's no reason why it's not going to come back to you guys. Um, and where you said right now you got, I don't know, I think you said about 100 attorneys or something like that. Where do you see yourself taking this company? I mean, I'd imagine, you know, I'm, 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 uh, the only re- re- real reference I got is, is Battle Forkerson. He's here in San Diego, but he also ha- started, he went out to Cleveland, started doing some stuff out there as well. I'd imagine you have some sort of growth plan as, as well. Yeah, kind of. Um, we kind of have a shrink plan. So my job should not exist, right? Because carriers should just pay people fairly. So knowing that my job should not exist, my goal is not to like one day have five gajillion attorneys. You know, my goal is actually to fix the problem in the first place. So mm. we're going to continue to grow as we're needed, but we do a lot of legislative stuff to try to get better protections in place for consumers. Um, and the other thing we're working on a lot right now that you know, it tends to freak people out. But with all this AI stuff, all this chat GPT, um, chat GPT is huge with all these machine based learning models. What we're trying to do is kind of ponder like what it, and we're, we're actively playing with it on a daily basis. Like what is the model where someone that's having a problem with their insurance company can submit information and get good, like action based steps that they can take good documents good rebuttals, good next steps, good advice without having to go through the expense of hiring an attorney. So like, what if I could say, look, if it gets really, really bad, hire me, but I might be able to get you paid without you ever having to hire me at all. Right. Mm. So what we're trying to do is essentially because we have these great attorneys, I think the best in the country that do this work, we're trying to teach AI to mimic our attorneys and learn what our attorneys are doing, how they're responding in specific situations with hopes that that AI, you know, on a totally free basis, will be able to give people like documents and guided steps. Now we got to be careful. We can't be giving people legal advice that aren't our clients. Everything is different, which is why we haven't just like unveiled, like unleashed this to the public. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's the next step for us, in my opinion, is that we continue to be a law firm, hopefully the size or around where we are, but we also really unveil this like very accessible public friendly tech component that's designed to help people that need it most that is so smart and i know there are a lot of people in a multitude of industries that are scared and freaked out that ai is going to take their job and yet you guys are here saying no you're going to make it even easier and better for the for the consumer at the end of the day you still need us the attorney to make sure that it's all working smoothly that the legal advice is is fine but if we can automate some of these processes if we can open up the APIs and ing- integrate them into our technology it's going to make such a big difference so then let me ask you if you have a young attorney just starting out would your advice be different today now with AI kind of in the picture than you would maybe you know even 6 months ago Yeah, embrace it. Don't rely on it, but definitely embrace it, right? So one of the things we're trying to use AI for internally, which will never, you know, really be seen by the public, is having these machine-based learning models watch our more experienced attorneys. Hmm. So as our younger attorneys are making decisions and doing things in cases, in our case management system, that AI can kind of prompt them and be like, hey, FYI, the more senior attorneys at the firm would actually do this in this situation. Are you sure you want to continue with what you're working on or what you're doing? And that doesn't mean that young attorney is wrong, right? But it means that like, what do you never want to do? You never as a boss want to stand over your employees and watch them work 
So you can criticize everything they do. You will get crap employees that hate you and they will be scared to do anything right ever. Mm -hmm. But you can kind of do that with a robot without being quite so intrusive. Right. So, so the goal is finding like the right level of annoyance with the younger attorneys and the younger staff members. But what we can do is kind of model the more experienced people, the higher performers, the best results and say, look, what you're doing might be fine, but FYI, our AI and our machine based, like our machine learning based model says you should do this other thing, you know, click yes to proceed, click no to continue as you were. Doesn't matter to me. I'm sure we'll get a report later. And if a case goes south, I'll be like, why did you ignore our tech repeatedly telling you that there was a better option? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so we can track that, but it's not that I'm second guessing them. It's that I want them to have all the knowledge as if they had a manager standing right next to them the whole time without the nerves and the lack of production of actually having someone do that. It's like a Terminator standing over your shoulder. He's got your back, but you know, he's not going to offend you really. You don't really care. <laughs> You're just learning. And if he needs to take action, he'll take action. I love that. I love that. Let me ask you uh, from the consumer side, you work with a lot of, of people who already have issues with their with their PNC, uh, whether it's whether it's a specific policy or, or a claim or something. What would you advise them to like, what are some questions they should ask a PNC agent when they're getting ready at the beginning to help kind of avoid some of this stuff, some of these core questions that they can ask an agent to make sure they either get the coverage or they get the type of policy that they're looking for? Yeah. So a few things. Easiest thing, most controversial thing. Hey, before I sign that, could I see a copy of the policy that you're going to issue? Mm. Um, just do it. They'll look at you like you're crazy sometimes, but say, hey, again, I'm going to pay you. You're going to make a commission. The carrier is going to make a premium. I would like to know what I'm getting in return. Right. That's the biggest thing. Second thing is stand on the street of your commercial building or your house or whatever but first walk through the whole thing, top to bottom, walk through your whole house, take a look at all the stuff in your house. If it's a commercial building, take a look at everything you have. Now walk out to the street, stare at the building, close your eyes and imagine it burning all the way to the ground. <laughs> all right. That sounds morbid. Don't worry. It's not morbid. Now, while your eyes are closed, think, what is it going to cost me to put everything back exactly the way it was? Not just the building, my contents, cool. Come up with a number. It's going to be a rough number. That's fine. You're not an expert. Now think, okay, how long is it going to take me to get that done? And how much, and at, double it, whatever you think. If you think it's going to take you four months to fix your house, anyone that's ever built a house knows it never happens. So at least double it. And then think really and truly, how much do I, does it cost me to live every month and multiply the number of months you got by that number so now you've got these two numbers, write them down, bring them into your insurance agent's office and say, I need coverage. And they are going to Google and they're going to decide how much they think you should get. Make sure it is at least the numbers that you wrote down. Mm. You want to make sure you have some provision made for if something happens for living expenses, et cetera, because that will sink you if you're trying to pay rent while you're paying your mortgage. It just will. Um, many people cannot afford both. Um, and also you, it's really the match stick test. Now I hope nothing catches fire and most damages are going to be hail or wind, but you buy insurance for the worst thing, not yes. the best thing, right? Like when you're getting health insurance, yes, 
you care about what your doctor's appointment copay is, but you sure better care what a surgery is going to run you mm-hmm. or what an ICU trip is going to run you or an ER trip. Right. So like, again, treat it just like you would if it was your life. Cause guess what? It's your life. It 100% is. Those are great questions, by the way. I've never seen a client ever walk into one of our insurance offices and ask that, or even have the foresight to think about the actual cost. Because uh, you're talking, you know, most insurance agents are going to talk about what's going to make you whole, right? That's the whole purpose of insurance is to make the client whole from a loss. But the way you described it is beyond just the building, because to make you whole, you don't want to incur any of those costs along the way while you're rebuilding. And that's not something that a lot of agents are really thinking about. They're thinking about just the asset itself and having the coverage for that particular thing, not necessarily the client, which is, again, just to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is why Galen's on here. He's literally taking care of the client because at the end of the day, who cares about the building if the owner didn't have it anymore? That's a, that's kind of a big deal. So l- let me ask you about uh, your everything that you've done so far, everything that you've enjoyed both professionally and, uh, and, and personally, if you were to go back and do it all over again, what changes would you make to, to help bring some improvement to where you are today? Yeah. Um, I would have leaned in earlier. I spent the first several years of my career kind of hesitant to really grow, hesitant to go all in, very, very content with where I was. Um, I can't even tell you what changed, honestly, other than I just felt like there was a lot more need out there than we were able to fill. But wherever we are today, we would be probably 40, 50x where we were had I just leaned in a few years earlier. I don't regret it. I'm not mad about it. But if you're sitting there and you're running a business and you feel like you have the opportunity to grow, do not sit back and get complacent. That is the biggest waste of time and resources in the world. I'm, I'm not mad I did it, but I definitely it's definitely the one thing I would have changed. It makes a big difference. Uh, but also there's there you might not be able to put your finger on it, but there's something that happened. Uh, and I feel like that's one of those triggers for a lot of people in their life. Like there's something that we see, something that just you just switch a switch and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I can do better. And you just start doing better. Right. And that's that's a that's a big change for a lot of a lot of different people. All right. If if people want to reach out with you, I know we talked a lot about what you're doing, a little bit about where you are. Uh, but where where can people reach out to you and and where what general area are you working in? Yeah. So website, obviously, um, insuranceclaimhq.com. Hit us up on all the social media. We will respond. We do respond. Um, the other thing is, like, obviously, if there's a disaster, we're probably there. Um, try not to like come look us up. We don't want you like tripping over a power line or something. Um, but if you're out there and you're doing relief work, definitely hit us up and let us know you're doing relief work so we can get you whatever uh, resources you need. Um, and right now, obviously, we're wherever we're needed. It's pretty ugly if anyone's paying attention to the weather these days. So like we're very, very busy with the most recent hurricane in Florida. Um, now there's earthquakes popping up all over the place. So I'm a little concerned it's going to be a bananas year. Um, almost like the climate, I wouldn't say the word changing, but might be slightly altering. Um, so, you know, whatever you want to do with that, but you can find us wherever there's a disaster, not necessarily where we want to be, but definitely where we are. Just follow the smell of the pizza, ladies and gentlemen, if there's a disaster, your nose will point you in the right direction. Cause that's where the help is right there. 
Yeah, dude, it's been awesome having you on the show. Um, I'm curious. Uh, we literally do these podcasts to help people create content. Uh, a 30 minute episode turn it into short form pieces of content for social media. So my selfish question is, what was your experience like creating content with the, with the business bros? It was awesome. Um, I think, uh, you know, a it's a smooth show. It moves nice. And, uh, you know, you're super engaging. So I appreciate it. Dude, it's been a fun one, man. I want to make sure I give you the floor here. Any final thoughts before we close out for today? Anything you want to tell the, the public? Anything you want to tell attorneys out there? Floor's yours. You know, I think the biggest thing is it doesn't really matter what you're doing. For us, we grew because we kind of came up with a mission. We communicated it to the team. We got everyone to buy in and we pushed it forward. And I think that works in any business you were in. Dude, you're absolutely right. Because it's it's one, again, there's a little switch, but oftentimes it's you got to have a purpose. You got to have some momentum. You got to have some direction that you're going to go in for things to kind of move. Kind of a sci-fi question. With AI coming about, do you think we're going to see a Matrix-type reality, a Terminator iRobot, something like that in our lifetime? Or can we control it and utilize it like we, like you're describing here earlier today? <laughs> Look, yes and no, right? We've How long have we been told that flying cars are coming out within 10 years? The DeLorean, right? baby. Since the I was a kid. <laughs> so, no, you're not going to fast forward 50 years and it's going to look like the Jetsons or anything. Here's here's the coolest thing about the time we live in. We're adopting technology and accepting technology faster than ever. That comes with pitfalls. You know, people talk about like, oh, we're going to have these jacks in our head and you're going to like plug in and be able to do all these things. Cool. You're also hackable. Congratulations. <laughs> right. But with things like chat GPT and things like that, I think it's going to augment the way we live that obviously has internal risks, like physically everything, but it's also going to be great. We're going to, the boring things in life that we don't find fulfillment in, we're going to be able to automate. We're going to be able to supplement. We're going to be able to augment. And that's going to free people up for more creativity, more development, more positive change. And the only question, and I'm not worried about it, and I'm not trying to open a seven hour you know, seminar, but the only question is, will we do it as a society in an ethical way so we don't get things manipulated. And as long as we keep our eye on that ball generally or enough of us do that, I think the future is going to look really freaking cool. And I think a lot of things that we're used to suffering through or we're used to paying for that we shouldn't have to, we won't have to. But things are just going to go to the next level, you know, like nothing ever goes away. Right. You just move up like it's like life is like one of those video games where like there's no final stage. It just keeps getting harder and harder until you quit. Right. But that also gives you the opportunity to do something cooler, try something new, you know, develop something that we didn't even think could exist a few years ago. So I think it's going to look really cool, but I don't think it's going to look like the matrix or the Jetsons or anything like that. I think it's going to be freaking awesome though. I agree with you, man. I'm looking forward to uh, augmented reality. I just want to, you know, watch like the movie Free Guy, right? Just walk around, throw the glasses on and have a cool digital life, real experience. And I don't know, man, I'm excited for the future. Uh, I'd like to say the future, but it's really here. Like we're, it's, it's the here and now. So Galen, thank you very much for coming on the program, man. Ladies and gentlemen, his website, insuranceclaimhq.com, insuranceclaimhq.com. Make sure you guys check it out. When you have good people doing good things in the world, the karma is going to come their way. They're literally helping you out if you're in a disaster zone. 
feeding you pizzas of all things, the most delicious food on the planet. They're here to help, uh, not just with the pizzas, but anytime you need help with your uh, with your insurance issues, they're there. To, they got your back. Galen, thank you very much for being on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.